Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, a co-production of EWTN Radio and SpiritualDirection.com, where we provide you with a spiritual haven of rest and explore the riches of the wisdom of the saints and the path to union with God. Welcome to Divine Intimacy Radio, your radio haven of rest, your hermitage of the heart, your monastery of the mind, where we lift our hearts and minds to heaven to draw upon the wisdom of the saints to help us to navigate the tumult of this life. And today I'm happy to be uh, with Stephanie and Jordan, our son, Mm -hmm. to talk through uh, this great work by St. Alphonsus Liguri. It's my latest book, but it's really mostly written by Alphonsus Liguri. I just write the reflections and try to help uh, uh, readers understand some of the archaic language or ideas or not stumble on uh, this Alphonsus' uh, style. There's nothing wrong with the content or the doctrine, but the style can be a little difficult at times. So uh, I wanted to get this book out. Uh, really, it's Jordan's fault that it got into my hands in the first place because he read it when he was going through a very dark time in his life. And it originally was just a letter to uh, someone that uh, Alphonsus was caring for spiritually. And unfortunately, because of that, the books don't have a spline. They sort of disappear, they're little booklets. And I thought, this needs wider coverage. And so I more than doubled the size of the book in terms of the reflections so that it wouldn't disappear into bookshelves and people could go deeper into the wisdom of Liguri. So it's called Finding Peace in the Storm, Reflections on St. Alphonsus Liguri's Uniformity with God, God's Will. And I, I promise you, if you pick it up and read it, it will change your life and your perspective. And, and it really, even this book has become a mainstay in terms of formation in the community of Apostle VA. It's a required reading now uh, in terms of understanding the sovereignty of God and coming to peace. So uh, excited to jump in today. So today we're, we're focused on, um, we're not reading the book to you. Chapter four, God's, God wills are good. And this is a challenge. You know, one of the one of the ways that we are willing to trust and submit to the advice, the direction, the guidance of another is if they, we know they will our good, Mm -hmm. you know? So the people I listen to the most in my life, although my wife (laughs) would dispute this is my wife (laughs) and and my son uh, in particular, there are two people because they, I know they will my good. And And your director. My spiritual director, yeah, of course. Yeah, I know that for a fact. Yeah. yeah, I know that for a fact. My spiritual director, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. I know they will my good, but this is a barrier for a lot of people. Yeah. Is is trusting that, the well, one, we know the circumstances we're in are either allowed or caused by God, right? Mm-hmm. Trusting that he wills our good, which allows us to rest in it, even though we don't like it, because the presumption is it doesn't feel good. So, right. I mean, I'm curious, like from you, Jordan, you, Steph, what has hindered your trust in in the past that you've had to overcome to uh, related to how you relate to God in terms of he's willing your good in this and so you can rest in it? I mean, what what are the common barriers you guys think to this? Um, well, there's lots of barriers, but what what hindered me? I, I think the primary thing, and it kind of depends on whatever your your primary sin is like your, your predominant fault. 
I'll just state it here. Uh, I think I'm in good company, but my, my predominant fault is pride, right? And so what's the Lord's desire for me then? That I reach the perfection of humility. Mm-hmm. Because if my root sin is pride, he wants the opposite for me because that's his design for me. That's where my battleground is. And that's hard, you mm-hmm. know? So what has happened is I have received humiliations after humiliations after more. And in every moment that that happened, then I had to get to the point where I was understanding and then ultimately get to the point where I would thank God for that humiliation. Mm-hmm. It hurts, it stings, it's it's painful, but ultimately the Lord wants me to receive it, to be humbled underneath it, and then to respond in thanksgiving and love. And it's it's extraordinarily hard. In fact, I want, if I could, I know we're not reading the book to folks, but I would like to share this in relation to what I just shared, because I think it's so important. And it says the supreme folly of those who resist the divine will of God, right? It's, it's folly to resist it. In God's providence, no one, no one can, can escape hardship. Who resists his will? A person who rails at God in adversity suffers without merit. Moreover, by his lack of resignation, he adds to his punishment in the next life and experiences greater disquietude of mind than in this life. I mean, when it really gets down to it, who are we railing against in our circumstances? It isn't the other person. It's not the trial. It's not what's happening. It's ultimately against God. Yeah. It's against God because we're saying, you know what? I don't like your will. Mm. I don't like your it plan. It doesn't feel good. This doesn't feel good. It hurts. Stop it. Let me just go and act like a petulant child and fight against this and think that I'm actually going to change you, Lord. Right. I'm going to force you to conform to my will and make this feel better. Yeah. And and I mean, we've all seen toddlers throw a hissy fit. Mm-hmm. I once watched Ariel get so mad in a Walmart. Our that daughter. She, she, yeah, that she held her breath and turned blue and, and she was mad. Right. And I, I got down on my knees and I, you know, I'm just like, what's going on with you at that moment? She didn't like hearing no. Now she's two. When you're 54, it's no longer pretty. <laughs> it's no longer cute. Right. You know, nobody's going to hug you and say, it's okay, darling. Mm-hmm. You know, everything's going to be okay. Mommy's here. That's not going to happen. So. I don't know. It, I, I think we have to understand that who we're ultimately railing against is against the Lord. Yeah. You know? So, and I want to go back to the original question for you. Yeah. Because everything you said is dead on. The There's psychological barriers mm-hmm. to the way we think about God that are formed in our life that hinder us from having that instinct of trust. So I don't know. Well, the big thing for me, and you kind of touched on this, but to put it in kind of a layman's terms is the misunderstanding, because I had to go through correcting my understanding. I had a misunderstanding that all suffering is all bad and has no purpose. That's a lie. And that's the predominant lie of our culture, in right. our society. All suffering is all bad and has no purpose. Right. I mean, you can take that argument on its own and compare it to what we know about God outside of this book. 
uh-huh. you know, just what we know from scripture. Yeah. And that it doesn't stand up to that. Right. It's like, well, what do we read in scripture? God is a good father. Yeah. You know, who, why would he give you a snake when you, you know, that yeah. was that Matthew, I forgot which yeah. one. It's in the Bible. <laughs> right. It's the scripture. So that argument doesn't stand up. On right. Own. So then you have to ask yourself a deeper question. Okay. Well, if God is good, then why would this be allowed to happen? It can't be that it has no purpose and it can't be that it's all bad. And that's where we find the answer in this book, which is exactly what you just said. It's like, mm-hmm. no, there's, there's a purpose. Yeah. God may not will this for you necessarily. He may permit it or whatever, but there's a purpose and there's good that's going to come from this. But that's the initial barrier that most people I see, they're kind of banging their heads against the wall. Right. So that's an intellectual barrier that can be overcome by, and and, and this, Alphonsus in this chapter repeats over and over, believe, think this way, believe this way, affirm these things so that you begin to combat the lie in your head. Well, I want to go to answer the question I've been asking you to, and, and, and just to be really transparent with my own difficulties and why I've had to study this topic very deeply for a long time is I experienced nothing but betrayal from the core people in my life as a child, every single one of them. And I, I hate to say this, even my own father, my own blood father, who was a good man, but he was a workaholic. His dad was an alcoholic. So we replaced that with work. You know, he would say, I'm coming to get you. And I was, you know, being tortured in one place. Uh, in terms of like emotionally and I'm dying to leave and he doesn't show up and I'm, my hopes are dashed. Right. So, so, so that was the worst of what he did. I mean, he was a good man, but the others were like actively. So we had a gun fired in my home. We had, you know, beatings and hospitalizations, emergency room stuff like violence when you live in that context of betrayal greater or lesser and i was a sensitive kid i mean i'm not you know i'm not I'm, I'm, i became tough but you know if you're a sensitive kid in a far less abusive environment you can pick up these messages like the the, the ones who are above you so i.e god are not trustworthy they're not safe they're not safe they're not safe and so you enter into like a dark circumstance yeah and what happens? You're overwhelmed with, I. there's no way out. And then the devil speaks to you, right? This will never end. You'll never overcome this sin. You're never going to be happy. You're always going to be sick. There's no purpose for this. And then the ultimate message I heard at 20, you know, 19, 20 years old, you need to end your life because this isn't, you can't escape this, right? right. And then the, re, the whole reprogramming, God be praised, coming to Jesus coming to hope and then studying and immersing myself in this began to give give me a sense of just slowly over time yes he is trustworthy no the other shoe isn't going to drop wow he is working all things together for good he is healing me you know Mm -hmm. yeah and i I think back to your to your core question again is is what are those circumstances and whether it's the abusive parent the divorce where you feel abandoned Mm -hmm. right and your parent leaves um, if, if there's the horror of uh, death, untimely death, um, just all kinds of things that happen in a, in our lifetime, we can look at that and and we're going like, you know, where were you, Lord? Yeah. Where were you in this? Where were you in this? Where were you in this circumstance when my dad walked out the door? Where were you when I was being berated 
and 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 spiritually abused, emotionally abused, physically abused. Where were you mm-hmm. when my mom was drunk on the floor, mm-hmm. right? And, and you know where where were you in these things? And and so we can look at that and we can go, God was absent. He was absent, but but he's not. Mm-hmm. He didn't cause the sin. He didn't will the sin. He didn't desire the sin. We chose that in the Garden or, of Eden. Or they, the they, we, yeah. they. Yeah. In, the, in the Garden of Eden. Sure, right, you know, the ultimate, yeah. Yeah, so I think when we come back uh, from the break, you know, let's, let's talk about these barriers to how do we get from being able to accept that to, to, to get to the point of even being willing to look at the brokenness in our lives and say, how is that affecting my ability to accept God's will? And where was God, the question you asked, yeah. in the middle of all that storm yeah. when we didn't, we didn't see him? We'll be right back. The beautiful fact that no suffering is wasted, that all suffering has a purpose, and to wrestle with the idea, which is that everything that happens in our lives is either willed or permitted by God. Okay, God, why would you permit these things? I know that you're a good father and you're a loving father. So there's something there. So I I have to bridge this gap between your permission of my suffering to your love for me as a father. And Uniformity with God's Will, the book by by St. Alphonsus Liguori, bridges that gap. And he explains as only he can, because he's such a hard hitter, the reality that these are all moments of growth, of virtue, of, hey, your legs are weak. You're like a newborn deer. You can't stand on your own. We need to get you to stand on your own. You know, those sorts of things, even even desolation, you know, the day to day kind of the ebbs and flows of the spiritual life. Those things are all permitted for a greater good, whatever that might be. Check out the brand new updated version of Uniformity with God's Will titled Finding Peace in the Storm with commentary by Dan Burke. Back to Divine Intimacy Radio, Dan, Stephanie, and Super J. Jordan Burke. So before the breaks, uh, Stephanie was talking about um, how do we get past these barriers. I don't know if you yeah. want to jump right back in. And- well, I, I think it's really important that we consider that those barriers are so often the wounds that we experienced mm-hmm. growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, if my biological father was not a safe place for me, mm-hmm. You know, we we transpose that to who God the Father is, right? Right? Then then God's not safe, right? And I don't even know that I'm making that decision in my brain, right? Subconsciously, but I've learned that from mm-hmm. a little kid, and that's why I think healing is so important. You know, because you have to dealt if you if you want to get where God is calling you. I don't think there's any other way than dealing with where you came from. Well, and and surrendering that? that to the Lord, just coming to grips with your past, your childhood, with with the circumstances of how you grew up, what was expected of you, how you were treated, the circumstances of your life and your home life and mm-hmm. how it how you transitioned and your own bad decisions, you know, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, you know, I, I spend the majority of my time in deliverance work or spiritual direction. This is the bread and butter of that work of how do I reconcile all this junk and these, these wounds inside with me with 
my desire for God, but often my inability to accept his will for me. Yeah. Right. I have, I have to deal with those, with those questions. So to, to Jordan's experience and nobody can figure out who your mother is, who your birth mother is right. through this. And you've given freedom to talk about certain things, but you had, you had some pretty deep trauma with that situation. Did that affect your ability to accept the goodness of God? Do you think? Um, I, you know, that's a, that's a great question. I'm sure that on some subconscious level, when we're talking about safety and trust and, you know, quote unquote, authority figures, God mm-hmm. in this case, I'm sure that that had some impact though. I think I came to realize pretty quickly and that's what this chapter specifically gets into, which is, you know, we can, we can say all these things which are good and true, but the, the issue is that people are going to hear them and they're going to say, yeah, I should do that. But they put it off. The reality is, and what I came to understand is that was really powerful. It helped me break through these things is, well, what happens when, when you reject these things? What happens when you start fighting back against these terrible occurrences that you might be experiencing? And the ra- reality is when you reject them and you respond to them poorly, you're rejecting God's will. Right. And that's, yeah. that's what we opened with this whole talk right. is, and then you're suffering without merit. Right. Then you're, then you have, then you're sinning in a sense. Right. Uh, you're sinning, let's just say it. And then you're paying the price for that sin. Right. And you're sort of just and staying then, in the cycle of sin and, and suffering. And nothing heals and the wounds get deeper. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can I, can I quote St. Augustine here? That, yeah, yeah. That's um, St. Alphonsus does. Where's, which page are you uh, on? We're on page 52. Okay. Um, top of the page. All right. I love this quote. <laughs> it, it, it's, I mean, this like encapsulates all of this, right? Right. So St. And this is St. Augustine speaking. Little man, grow up. What are you seeking in your search for happiness? Seek the one good that embraces all others. Whom do you seek, friend, if you seek not God? Seek him, find him, cleave to him, bind your will to his will with bands of steel, and you will live always at peace in this life and in the next. God wills only our good. Mm -hmm. God loves us more than anybody else can or does love us. His will is that no one should lose his soul, that everyone should save and sanctify his soul, not willing that any should perish, but that all should return to penance. Which is a re- this is, is the will of God, yeah. your sanctification. And that's a direct quote from the New Testament. I, I want to go on, and this, the next piece is very good too. God has made the attainment of our happiness his glory. Um, since he is by his nature infinite goodness, and since, as St. Leo says, goodness is generous in self-giving, God has a supreme desire to make us sharers in his goods and, and of his in happiness. his happiness. And I think this gets down to it, is that our, to Jordan's point, our understanding of happiness is, is misconstrued. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the absence of difficulty. Happiness, peace, joy is not the absence. I'm having trouble talking today. The absence of trials, difficulties, mm-hmm. challenges. It's rather our will being united to his will brings peace yeah. in the midst of storms, finding peace in the storm. Oh, wait, there's a theme, right? Mm-hmm. There's a theme here that our will united to the Lord's will is what brings us freedom, true freedom, 
And that's what brings the ultimate peace and joy. And you know, I'm still wrestling with, with all this is I'm just, I'm the guy out there going, yeah, but you know how you're not, you you're exhorting me. And this is Liguri. You're exhorting me to not rail against his will. You're exhorting me to, you know, look at things differently, but I'm like raw as hell. Right. Uh, like the old me, I, like I've been had the snot beat out of me, meaning I walk into the room, I have bruises head to toe. Right. And you're going embrace this. And I'm going, you're crazy. Like I, I want to, but did you see what just happened to me? You know? And so I think that's the difficult, that's the struggle I have with this. I totally believe it. This has transformed me. And, and what I've had to do is listen to it over and over. I mean, I listened mm -hmm. to Sacrament of the Present Moment, the recording for years of that book. I read every translation of that by, by Jean-Pierre de Cossade, which is the same basic message, but Alphonsus is harder hitting. But I, I think the, the secrets are in the book, by the way, and we're mm -hmm. talking about them through this show, but I just don't want to miss those people out there going, you don't know what I've been through. And yeah. my answer is, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Say so you don't know what we've been through, but it's <laughs> right. not necessarily helpful. <laughs> right. But uh, but I, I you know I, it's this isn't a great answer, but it is an answer, which is what other option do you have? <laughs> it's a good answer. I mean, it's really black and white. Right. It's yeah, either yeah. you're going to continue to cycle down with those wounds, and right? You're going to get worse, and you know, or you can seek a higher purpose. You can follow what's clearly laid out in Scripture and the doctrines of the Church right. and these other things. So so I do I do have a not an exhortation necessarily, but it's the advice of St. Teresa of Avila. Yeah. And she says that through the entirety of our lives, we should meditate on the passion of Christ. Yes. Now you're getting so, somewhere. This so, is good. You know, if we think about why would God allow this, you know, all this stuff, can we only just look at his own son? Right. Right. Yeah. He he didn't avoid the cross. Now you're he getting didn't somewhere. avoid the scourging, mm -hmm. the the berating. You know, I had this moment Years and years ago, when I was first going through my purgation, we were married, newly married. We're trying to figure out how to make this work. And like all of hell is breaking up inside of me and coming out, mm -hmm. like almost through my pores. Yeah, I remember. As I'm, <laughs> as I'm going to prayer every day and I'm working with my spiritual director and all that, you know, it was just so difficult, the purging. It was painful. It was hard. It was ugly. It was messy, you know. And then I had Jordan. <laughs> had it's like you. throwing a hand grenade into a <laughs> barrel of gasoline. You know, the Lord says, okay, you want to be pure? You want to be holy? Here, I'm going to give you this circumstance. Go for it, girl. Um, so anyway, you know, I'm I'm praying the litany of, the, of humility. And I am focusing on the passion of Christ, right? Litany of humility over and over again. And I, at the end of it, of this 40 days of praying this, I had this huge breakthrough and I won't go through all the circumstances, but there was a circumstance that drove me to my knees. And what I wanted to do was take my kids because you and I are the Brady, Brady bunch. So I wanted to grab Ariel and, and our, and my youngest, and I want to put it, put them in my car pack my bags, put them in the back of the car and drive away. Mm -hmm. I made a terrible mistake. Why did I do this? What a mess. This is, you know, nothing's going the way that I think it should go. And everybody's just lost their mind. Right. I'm saying nothing. So I go the route of prudence. I keep my mouth shut. And instead I go to prayer 
And I pull out that humility prayer. If you want to be transformed, pray the humility prayer. Litany of humility. The litany of humility. Yep. Until the Lord breaks through. And at that, that prayer, I slowly read through it. And I felt like a volcano was going off in my, in my gut, in the core of my being. And I started to tremble head to toe. I'm shaking that prayer in my hands. Like I'm trembling because the rage in me is coming through every pore. And as I'm praying it, the prayer, as I get to the end, I'm shaking so hard and I'm grasping it so hard that the, the paper rips and it rips into three pieces. The Lord breaks through. I find myself experiencing the road to Calvary. I can smell the dirt, the sweat. I can hear the cursing. I am experiencing the Lord walking by. He's dragging his cross behind him. He's bleeding from every pore. My Lord and my God is carrying my cross, my sin on his back in front of him. And what I hear is, and he loved them despite what they were doing to him. Anyway, he loved them. No, he just loved them. Yeah. Not anyway. He just loved them. Mm -hmm. No matter what they were doing to him, he loved them and he was doing that for them. And then I realized that's my sin and he loves me. Yeah. And if he can do that for me, can I not allow this scourging that's purifying me to transform me and transform my family? Can I not withstand this for love of him? Yeah. And so I didn't leave and I went up to you and we reconciled and it was transformative in our marriage. It was a moment where everything changed. Huge grace, huge grace. And so the secret really is immersing ourselves in the humanity of Jesus and the suffering of Jesus and recognizing what he did for us instead of saying, oh, how how could you do this to me? And we're impure, we deserve hell. Wait, how could we do that to him? Flips the whole narrative on its head, you know, and, and makes us, it turns us to gratitude. It turns us, it turns us to toward humility. It turns us to toward acceptance. But that's the ultimate answer I was looking for at the, from the beginning when I started asking this question, how do you, how do you face these things when it's gaining that perspective of what God did for us in him. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. With that, you've been listening to Divine Intimacy Radio, talking about finding peace in the storm, reflections on St. Alphonsus Liguri's great work, Uniformity with God's Will. Pick it up. It's designed to work in small study groups. i got questions that you can use. Very powerful. It'll change your life. And until next time, may the God of peace make you perfect in holiness. May he preserve you whole and entire, spirit, soul, and body, irreproachable at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Learn more about the interior life. Visit spiritualdirection.com. Divine Intimacy Radio is a co-production of EWTN Radio and spiritualdirection.com and heard worldwide on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network.